Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. L.A. County is ramping up its distribution of monkeypox vaccines, and it's also expanding its list of who can get the shots. As KPCC senior health reporter Jackie Fortier reports, L.A.'s approach is different from other parts of the country. New York City and Washington, D.C. are offering shots to any high-risk adult who wants one, including men who have sex with men. L.A. County is taking a more targeted approach. The county's current batch of 6,000 doses will only be available to people with monkeypox, their close contacts, and high-risk people recommended by their health provider. That's partly because of a limited supply of vaccine. I think here in L.A. County what's different is we really want to ensure that we're able to offer the vaccine in an equitable way for those at highest risk of monkeypox. Andrea Kim runs the county's vaccination program. She says sexual health clinics will offer the shots to certain high-risk patients across the county. They know their clientele, so we really want to be working with them to integrate the vaccine into their routine clinical care. Monkeypox usually spreads through close contact. Symptoms include a fever, aches, and a rash with painful pustules. So far, L.A. County has more than 50 probable or confirmed cases. No one has died here from the disease. For The California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. Thousands of tenants who were denied pandemic rent relief may soon get a second chance. KQED's Aaron Baldessari reports a judge in Alameda County last week ordered the state to temporarily stop issuing denials and to hold off on finalizing many others. As of June 23rd, the state had denied close to 160,000 applications for emergency rental assistance, according to the research group PolicyLink. That's about a third of all applications. The state's Department of Housing and Community Development says it always gives a reason for denials, but tenant advocates say those reasons are often vague and confusing, which makes it hard to appeal. And a judge agreed. Madeline Howard is an attorney with the Western Center on Law and Poverty. We're hopeful that the tenants who benefit from this order will be able to get these unfair denials reversed and get access to the rental assistance that they need to stay in their homes. A statewide moratorium on evictions for people waiting on rent relief expired on July 1st. But Howard says many people are still protected under local moratoriums, including in Alameda County, San Francisco and Los Angeles. Howard says tenants who've been denied rent relief should reach out to the state hotline. Reaching out to the hotline will hopefully allow you to get more information about why you're being denied so you can figure out if there's other documents that you need to submit or other steps that you need to take. The next hearing in the case is scheduled for August. For the California Report, I'm Aaron Baldessari. 
The Washburn Fire has now doubled in size in the historic Yosemite National Park. More than 2,000 acres have burned, and firefighters are working in difficult terrain to protect some of the largest and oldest redwood trees in the world. Residents and campers near the fire have been evacuated, and thick smoke has worsened the region's air quality and obscured the park's scenic views. The fire, which started on July 7th, threatens at least 500 giant sequoias in the Mariposa Grove. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be, California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Dilfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Sticking to wildfires, a federal judge has ordered the National Park Service to halt a tree removal operation meant to prevent severe wildfires in Yosemite National Park. Last week's order came after an environmental organization, the Earth Island Institute, sued the National Park. The organization says the Park Service failed to provide proper public notice or assess environmental risks. LA Times reporter Felicia Alvarez has been covering the issue. Part of the Earth Island Institute's argument was a letter that over 200 scientists signed on to last year urging Congress and the Biden administration to really turn away from these forest thinning and logging projects for fire management and to go with other proposals like prescribed burns instead. Prescribed burns across the state have been delayed by a lack of people certified to run them. Moving on to bridges in California. In the Bay Area, there's of course the Golden Gate and Bay Bridge. Sacramento has its Tower Bridge, and San Diego, the Coronado Bridge. But what about Los Angeles? Over the weekend, the new 6th Street Viaduct opened in LA, and it connects the city's Boyle Heights neighborhood with downtown. The bridge costs more than half a billion dollars to build, and it's the largest and most expensive bridge project in the history of Los Angeles. And finally, there are plenty of anecdotes about friends and neighbors packing up and leaving California. But a new report provides some evidence to back up claims of a Golden State exodus. Researchers looked at moving patterns over the last several years, including during the pandemic. They found that outflow of Californians remained consistent. KCRW's Matt Gillum has the details. A good way to track moves is to look at information from moving companies. And that's exactly what the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago did. They crunched data from United Van Lines and tracked migration patterns both before and during the pandemic. Whether it was a time prior to any of us being familiar with social distancing or well into the COVID era, the top state-to-state move, according to the Chicago Fed study, was from California to Texas. The next most popular destination for Golden State residents, again, both pre- and post-pandemic, was Washington. Interestingly, California to Florida jumped from the fifth-largest state-to-state move pre-COVID to the third-biggest after the health crisis set in. 
The analysis shows California consistently remained a state with more outbound migration between 2018 and 2021, with the percentage of moves away from the Golden State slightly ticking up after the onset of the pandemic. As for conclusions, the researchers say they're leaving what may have motivated the moves up to others. They point out that Postal Service data shows requests for a temporary change of address notably rose between February and July of 2020, which could indicate not all of the pandemic-era moves were permanent. For The California Report, I'm Matt Gillum. And that's The California Report for Monday, July 11th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals. PersonalCapital.com Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.